I experienced a personal situation 2011 where I went through love trauma and that's not in the DSM-4 nobody talked about it so I went to seven psychotherapist friends of mine and tried to understand why my husband had this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality where to the public he was loved and adored and seemed like we had this idyllic relationship and behind the scenes he was a totally different person so there was full devastation in every life area of mine and nobody to help me. And that's when I knew I have to help myself find the answers because the last thing he said to me, I don't know why I sabotage everything I love. And as I was starting to do my research, I was able to help my clients who came in who uh, had abuse from narcissists or sociopaths or psychopaths and also experienced love trauma. And as I'm building the research, I'm like, this has got to come out. You know, I have to get this message to the world. And it really came down to unhealed, unconscious childhood wounds or trauma. Um, when it comes to love, they're afraid to go out and date. You know, if they've been used by a narcissist or a sociopath, you know, they're afraid to trust, open their heart. Um, they're very paranoid. And then there's other things that come up like, you know, just emotional triggers. You know, why are they jealous when that, that you know their partner reassures them all the time and they can't put concrete things on there well I should trust my partner is not giving me any reason but I feel jealous all the time where's those feelings come from it comes from unhealed childhood wounds This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Rihanna Milne. Rihanna, welcome to the show. Hi, Roger. Thanks so much for having me. Hello, everyone. It's nice and to be here. You're in sunny Florida, we see. I am. <laughs> Love it. I'm cheating a little bit. It's not actually that sunny today. It's my background. But uh, yeah, can't complain with 73 degree weather. It's wonderful, especially this time of year. That's right. So tell us uh, a little bit well, let's right, jump right into your work because it's so relevant for the time of year with, with Valentine's Day uh, you know, upon us. Uh, sure. Talk about love and life and your relationship coach. Tell us a little bit about your work and, and what that all means. Okay. Well, I went the traditional route in year 2000, became a psychotherapist. 
uh, went to Rowan University to get a master's in applied clinical and counseling psychology. And by 2009 and 10, coaching came available, and I loved the model. It was very supportive. It was educational. Um, you could think outside of the box, and you weren't held so restrictive by the therapy rules. So I did go and get certified at RCI, Relationship Coaching Institute, for both singles and couples. And then I experienced a personal situation 2011 where I went through love trauma. And that's not in the DSM-4, nobody talked about it, but you definitely get symptoms of PTSD. And no one, like I said, talks about traumatic relationships. So I went to seven psychotherapists, friends of mine, and tried to understand why my husband had this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality, where to the public, he was loved and adored and seemed like we had this idyllic relationship. And behind the scenes, he was a totally different person. Unfortunately, his hidden life uh, did explode on him when he was discovered what went on in his life. And not only did it ruin his life, but mine, my business, and everything else I was attached to. So there was full devastation in every life area of mine and nobody to help me. And that's when I knew I have to help myself find the answers because the last thing he said to me, I don't know why I sabotage everything I love. Wow. And I said, well, I don't know either. And I got to figure it out. And as I was starting to do my research, I was able to help my clients who came in who uh, had abuse from narcissists or sociopaths or psychopaths and also experienced love trauma. And as I'm building the research, I'm like, this has got to come out. You know, I have to get this message to the world. And it really came down to unhealed, unconscious childhood wounds or trauma. And throughout my whole 20 years of being a psychotherapist and turning coach, I worked with people of trauma. I was in the schools from kindergarten all the way through college, working with, you know, maybe kids identified as ADHD or they were bullying or the bullied or they felt different. Um, they were acting out, oppositional defiant, but those kids, the majority of them came from traumatic homes. I worked in a hospital unit for children and adolescents. They were runaways, cutting, suicides, drug and alcohol issues, risky sex. I worked in a drug and alcohol rehab as an LCADC with addictions, with teens and women from the prison system. So as I looked back at all my experience as a psychotherapist, it was all with traumatic clientele, right? Really going through. So I said, well, what were the 10 traumas I always heard over and over again? So I created my childhood trauma checklist that I used with my clients and I analyzed which ones they had plus a severity level of one to 10. When I created the list, my husband actually had nine out of the 10 traumas and very high severity levels. Now, I did start the study with ACOA work, which was out there, which is adult child of an alcoholic, but they didn't go into the many repercussions and the emotional triggers of someone that comes up from trauma. And they really only talked about what I call trauma one, which is having a parent with an addiction issue. And there's nine others that I named. And there's actually more than 10, but... I only usually go into the top 10. So that's how I came into the work. And then I went global 2017 to help more people around the world heal and transform from uh, this type of effect that's had on them. And 90% of people have impact in life, love, or business from childhood trauma. And I was just going to say, I, you know, I seem to come across this all the time in all kinds of discussions that may have nothing to do with trauma. But it seems like a lot of 
uh, you know, people's um, abilities to overcome challenges have been mm-hmm. related to childhood trauma. Yes. Um, so it's more common than we think, right? That's right. Um, the research was showing 90% have at least one to three of the top 10 traumas that I name. Um, and then there was this Kaiser Permanente study that came out that I discovered around 2015. I'm like, yay, this research is great. It's backing up what I believe in, right? Because I had over 17,000 people. But their correlation was to unhealed childhood. They call it the ACE test, adverse childhood events, that in later life, if they're not healed, adults come up with early illnesses and disease like you know, high blood pressure, coronary disease, obesity, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, irritable bowel. I mean, the list goes on and on and on from unhealed childhood anxiety, stress, and so forth because trauma stays stored in the brain and the body cells. And over time, you know, it weakens the body to, and its immune system and is more prone to get these types of diseases and illnesses. So in your experience with all this wonderful work you're doing, is there any trauma that cannot be overcome or can all traumas be overcome? Uh, it takes a while. I mean, most of the, I'm a CCTP certified clinical trauma professional. I went back for that and it usually takes intensive six months of work. So that is my ideal program that I have at the diamond level. Um, but it does take, it's like a, a new mindset you know, and reparenting the clients and letting them know that they don't have to stay stuck in their fear-based and negative thinking. Um, when it comes to love, they're afraid to go out and date, you know, if they've been used by a narcissist or a sociopath, you know, they're afraid to trust, open their heart. Um, they're very paranoid. And then there's other things that come up like, you know, just emotional triggers. You know, why are they jealous when that that, you know, their partner reassures them all the time and they can't put concrete things on there. Well, I should trust my partner. He's not giving me any reason, but I feel jealous all the time. Where's those feelings come from? It comes from unhealed childhood wounds. So I usually go into what the top 10 traumas are and then how that comes out and shows up in many different areas. And then it also shows up in business with people afraid to take a risk um, to grow their business or to invest in themselves in coaching. It's like, well, it worked for them, but it probably won't work for me. You know, that feeling of unworthiness or I can't do it. So they may stay in that nine to five job that they hate, but it's secure. You know, these folks really tend to crave security. They crave love. So that's why initially they may be um, very swept up in a love relationship but people of trauma attract people of trauma. So it could be a whirlwind in the beginning, like a lot of romance and texts and flowers and attention and people that didn't have much love growing up crave that. They love that. It's like, wow, the perfect partner. And then the studies show about four months into one year or when the relationship gets serious with an engagement moving in a marriage or a baby, then things quickly spiral or change and you see the mood disorders or escalation of addictions, drinking or smoking pot or whatever it is to calm their anxiety. So there's all kinds of ways this shows up. Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's just, you know, I have a lot of things going through my mind, all kinds of questions. My first one is how many people on average are successful in that six month time frame? Are you able to, is it a, is it a large majority? Yes. 
Yeah, I would say 95%. Um, I have a 150-page workbook. So there's interactive exercises. They answer the questions. They get them back to me. By how they answered is what I know their fears and their thought patterns are coming from. So then I'll help correct them at that point. And um, it, it tends to work very, very well. And then I have my two books, Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams, that are part of the program as well. But it's really, they all say the magic's in the workbook. So it takes a while. I describe it like a rainbow. Everyone's starting where I was. And I remember saying, I don't know what to change. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And it's a very frustrating place to be at. I don't know what I don't know. And that's where they all start. Plus, you know, high anxiety, sometimes bouts of depression. And then as they're learning, they're getting better and going up the rainbow and they're getting more confident and raises their self-esteem, but then they'll slip and then they'll, we'll correct it. And then they go up again, and then they'll slip. And people ask, well, why does there have to be slippage? <laughs> why can't it just be perfect? Because the unconscious is extremely strong. We are fighting normalized patterns that become ingrained in behavior in responses, in the way you think, and they're so normalized, you don't really see anything you're doing wrong. So it takes that objective third party that specializes in this area, which is very rare to find someone that like takes this on. But you know, it was such a passionate thing for me to teach others this and help others heal from this. And then by the time they get to the end and they understand the mindset for success and how to think differently and how to correct the negative fear-based thoughts and they're at the other side, that's when I said there's a pot of gold because of the feelings that they have, their lives have changed, they love their new life, they're more confident to take calculated and smart risks. You know, they're out there dating again, open heart, open mind, without fear or prejudgment. And they know the warning signs by learning the exact dating skills of, okay, he's, I'm going to release him in love. He's not right for me. Or she's very sweet, but I know she's not the one. So after the first or second date, they release them and go back out there. It's a numbers game. So at least they're dating empowered and confident because they know what to look for, both what's good and what's bad. How about yeah. maintenance? Is there a lot of maintenance involved for the individual once they go through, say, the six months? Or do if, if they don't have that maintenance, do old habits tend to you know, come back? Well, the emotional triggers can always come up, but the mindset will know how to correct them. And then they, they know to ask, okay, where is this coming from? You know, which trauma was, is that sparking? And they kind of learn to laugh at it. It's like, okay, I don't need you anymore. I'm good. You know, and it's kind of like the self-talk that goes on in their head to help correct this. Um, life will always bring us challenges in Buddhism. We call this the earth school. So we're supposed to always learn lessons, but they learn to look at diff lessons differently. So what I teach is you can choose to live in the light or live in the dark side of life. Now, there's definitely a spiritual component to this program because spirituality is very important for healing, risk, and growth. So when you're living in the light, this is where joy and bliss and purpose, uh, confidence comes from friendship, love, everything that makes you feel good about your life, your relationships. And when the challenge comes up, it's like, okay, so the universe is telling me I'm not supposed to proceed this way. So what other ideas can I come up with out, thinking outside of the box to reach this goal that I want to reach? You know, And we don't always know why that we get these roadblocks in life, but we have to trust like divine intervention. You know, Proceed in the best route for you, 
and you know, keep aware, keep alert, which we call conscious awareness. You're living in a proactive way, not reactive, which is in the dark side. You're living in an educated, conscious way versus uneducated, unconscious way, which is just reacting from normalization. Here you think before you do say, act, write anything. So it's a very conscious way of being. And it becomes, you know, um, not normalized, but it becomes a pattern, right? It becomes just everyday life then. So yeah, once you learn this mindset for success, you will have it forever. And it will become your way of thinking, being, acting. It's great. great. And those are the, all the tools that you teach throughout this six-month program. Yes, that's correct. Great. Um, so what if someone is either listening to this or, uh, you know, comes upon your work and sees that, you know, they may only have a couple of the symptoms, so to speak, like mm-hmm. not at, you know, a 10, but they're at a three, you know, wh- right. how, how does that play into it? Well, if they only have a little bit, then we have to look at the severity levels and what's going on in their life that they're upset about. So let's say, here's a good example. I had a beautiful African-American girl in my office and I went through the first six traumas. She goes, nope, I didn't have any of this in my family. Then number seven, which is one of the most popular, is personal trauma. I said, this is where you might have been bullied at school or didn't feel good enough. You didn't measure up. She goes, oh, that's it. She goes, I went to a nice school, but I was the only African-American girl there. I never fit in. I was always teased and bullied. I was always made to feel different. People didn't want to be my friend. And how this was coming out in her life was she was always very jealous of her boyfriend to the point where she eventually pushed him away because her sense of worthiness was still stuck in her trauma, negative thinking right? That she wasn't good enough. She wasn't pretty enough. She didn't fit in. She wasn't one of the cool kids. So personal trauma could also be around a medical issue. If we were born with medical concerns, let's say the little boy that had asthma couldn't be on the football team. So he was teased, or you might've even had to, um, you might've been identified as ADHD in schools and you felt different. You had to be pulled out to go to special classes You know that I know I worked in the schools. I know how kids feel when they feel different. It's a horrible way to be, you know, and when kids tease and bully, I ran the anti-bullying programs in my school. So those were all my kids, you know, those that were traumatized, but most of them came from, like I said, homes where they didn't feel so supported and loved. And they came into this toxic environment of being teased as well. So this example you gave where the woman had one, you know, one of the symptoms, I guess, then you just solely focus on that. Um, but the, the, yeah, but her severity level on a one to 10 was like a nine and it was all her childhood life. So if it was only maybe middle school for two years and then by high school, she acclimated and she was fine and had good friends, it, it would start to been healing, but it never really healed for her. And the other thing that it's usually more than one. Uh, another thing, her father was in and out of her life, which is abandonment. And there's also something that is called emotional abandonment. A parent could be there, but not involved with you or very rigid and not loving and cold, you know, and you're always vying for their love. So someone that has emotional or physical abandonment may stay in a relationship longer, even though consciously they're like, this guy's no good for me. I got to leave him, but they can't stay or clients in this type of relationship will break up and go back an average of seven times 
before they say, I'm done. Because that pull for that love due to unhealed abandonment is so strong. So again, it's really the combination of what's showing up and the severity levels and then what's showing up for them as adults that we have to dive deep and correct those patterns. And I can't help but think that each of us would have something on that list, right? That, that yeah. could show up. And, you know, I think that's why so many of us are into self-help and personal development and, you know, you know, personal growth that we're, we're trying to make ourselves better, but we all have something from our childhood or our past that I'm sure yeah. is showing up in our adult lives. The interesting thing is when I mo- talk to most people, they're, oh, trauma. So they might think a rape or um, something very severe, lo- loss of parents, severe, right? And when they hear the list of 10 and then they really start thinking back, they're like, wow, yeah, I did have that. And because I thought I could easily see what my husband had. And I thought, oh, well, he had all those. I didn't have this. And then when I got to, well, you know, 90% have one out of three, it's like, okay, then I got to really think about what ones I have. Now, bullying was very clear for me. Yep, I was bullied. No doubt about it. I hated it. It was horrible for most of my middle school to high school years. So I do remember that and the pain around that. But then I had to remember, you know, when I was young, I was asking, when's dad coming home? And the family of five kids and my mom, we didn't know my dad was FBI and CIA. So when my mom never knew where he was, when's he coming home? She'd say, well, I don't know. And I'd be as a little girl, like, oh, gosh, I hope he's okay. Where is he? And then when he came home, he was like the emotional loving one. We were all thrilled when dad came home. And that is some um, no fault abandonment, I call it, because that was his job. That's how he supported the family. But there was still a lot of emotional stress around that. So it's not like we're looking to shame or blame our parents at this stage, but understand maybe what we went through. Um, my mom was a tough German woman. She taught us to work hard and, you know, she didn't say the words, I love you. Now working with tons of kids, I know how that played out on that. Well, my mom never says that, or I never get compliments. I'm never told good job. Or you hear the, this is number two verbal trauma. Um, you'll amount to nothing. You know, you're no good. You're not going to college. I'm not wasting my money on you. You'll never, you know, make it in college. Those kinds of messages that kids get. You know, that's not, was not on the Kaiser study. They missed a lot. They did not have abandonment. They did not have bullying. Um, they did not have foster care or adoption. And these were kids I worked with. So it was interesting where my list existed and I saw their list. I'm like, oh, wow, our lists don't match. <laughs> you know, a couple did. Like with addiction, they said state of drugs and alcohol. Well, I'm an addictions counselor and I name 11 of them. You know, drugs, alcohol, sex, meaning you knew your parent cheated. Porn, hoarding, gaming, eating, spending, workaholism, right? TV watching. So, you know, there's different ways that parents check out to handle their own stress and then leaving that child. Now think of all the computer usage, right? Parents are on Facebook for hours and the kids are just sitting there or they give them their own machine. Here, take the machine, be quiet, you know, or the computer, the the little mini games they give to a two-year-old. You know, so that's checking out. That's not engaging. So these have become very much habitual in today's world. And then when these kids are going out trying to connect to for job interviews and so forth, they don't really have those skills. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to say, and that's so new, you know, in the last you know decade or so that we probably haven't even seen 
the worst of it yet of what that I'm starting to see it. I have a lot of parents now signing up their kids, what I call for life transition coaching. The kids are scared to death to go to college uh, from high school to college. There's so much pressure. Can I make it? What am I going to study? What if it doesn't work? What if I can't get a job? Like there's all this pressure. And then when they do get out and they can't find a job, I work with those kids too. So uh, to help them feel empowered and confident and go for the, the dream job that they really want. So I'm seeing more and more of that today. Yeah, no, and I, more I think about it, I, you know, and, and here I understand there's a fairly large number of kids uh, that start college away from home and then are coming back and going to a yeah. local school just because they're not really uh, mature yet or ready for, for, for that step. Their confidence and self-esteem is not where it needs to be to be able to handle that type of transition. And then, which is really neat, a lot of parents sign up the kids in the senior year, and then I'm with them as they go off to college. And that's the beauty of being a coach. You know, It's all through computer. So I'm with them in that transitional period, and it helps them set themselves up for success. Yeah, I can see that being very helpful and purposeful yeah. for them. So we're in this season of love in, in the you know, month of, of February. For people that are in a new relationship and you know, they may be in this honeymoon period, as you stated, where things are great and, uh, and then they start to see some signs. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's in themselves. Maybe it's not even the partner. What right? tips do you have for them either way? What, what do people do? Where do they go to? Well, um, a really good test to take is free right on my website, rihannamilne.com. It's called the Red Flags Dating Checklist, or you can do this if you're with a partner or married, and it's about 36 items to see if you're seeing any of these red flags. It's a great list to have. Um, there's also the Childhood Trauma Checklist is on there, the ACOA test, and uh, one for couples is on there and for singles for relationship readiness. So these are great free quizzes that you can take. Uh, the, the important thing is don't rush into anything. You know, the first 90 days is the bliss period. Everyone's on their best behavior. So take your time, keep dating. You know, don't go out on one date and say, that's it, I'm not dating anyone else. Keep your options open. You know, ask the questions. I mean, it is really a psychological and emotional edge that I teach my people. There are certain questions they should be asking that help assess the degree of traumas that that person in front of them may have and whether they're healed or not. And I can give you an example if you'd like, and that would be kind of clarifying this. I had a woman going out on a date and she said he was great. He pulled out the chair, asked her if she wanted something to eat as well as a drink. You know, he seemed very excited to meet her. They were having good conversations. So she thought, I better get into my question asking. So she goes, so tell me about your parents, right? Well, usually one of the first questions and it's very conversational. And he said, well, my dad died. You know, my dad, when I was growing up, he was an alcoholic. So for many years, we didn't get along. It was a very toxic, you know, angry household. Well, now she knows this is okay. This is a severe one for him. But he goes, by the time I was 15, he finally stopped drinking and he made a lot of effort to make up that relationship with me. And, you know, we traveled a little bit and fished as we got older and, you know, I miss him. You know, I'm, I'm glad he could turn his life around. That's a sign of healing. Okay. Then he goes on to his mom. He goes, well, my mom drank too. And God, she's still in the retirement home. If I had, didn't have to go visit her, I wouldn't. You know, I haven't talked to my mom in years. 
you know, this is just an obligation I have to take care of. She was always angry and cold to me. She never had tried to step in and help me from my father. So I blame her. She should have stepped up for me. This is what we call in my book, a mother hater, <laughs> you know, not a psychological term, but a simple one to understand. So if the man doesn't have love and respect for his mom or vice versa, the daughter with her father, this is the first opposite sex parent that they're supposed to have a good love relationship with. So you can see with that comment that it still wasn't healed. So she gave it some thought on the way home. She goes, it's just too risky. I don't want to put myself in this situation. So, you know, she called the next day. She goes, it was really nice meeting you, but I just don't think we're a match. She goes, he starts yelling at her. And my clients know they don't have to hang on that phone, say, you know, um, I'm not going to receive this right now, but I do wish you the very best of luck. And I hung up on him and blocked his number. <laughs> you know? So there it is. I mean, and then she just walks away with confidence, knowing she totally handled the situation. She knew what to look for. She knew what what questions to ask and what answers are good for her or not good for her. And it's the same for my men. You know, I work with uh, men, women, younger, older. My oldest was 73. Just graduated a girl who was 17. She came to me. Um, so I usually work from 16 and up and straight as well as LGBT singles and couples. Fantastic. You're helping so many yeah. people and it's just wonderful. Thank work, you. Uh, you mentioned your book, your best-selling book. Can you mm -hmm. tell us, just give us a, an overview of the book itself, where people could find it, because sure. this is such a, an important topic. Well, there's two books, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve, is over 400 pages, and that went number one on Amazon in couples therapy, women in spirituality, and number two in psychology. That's pretty good with a half a million books in psychology. And then its sister book, which is also rated five stars, is called Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to personal power, purpose, and success. And that's all about the mindset for success that I'm teaching them to help find love. So they're called sister books. They're meant to go together. And um, they are sold in Barnes & Noble in the U.S. And they're on Amazon and bnn.com and other online platforms. Wonderful. Well, we'll put the link in as well. So Thank our uh, listeners and viewers can go right to that. Um, Thanks so much for your time. This has been a, such a great conversation. It's very purposeful, as I mentioned. Uh, it's wonderful work. How do people you. reach you if they're interested in your services? Okay, the best way is go to my website because there's lots of freebies there for you. So rihannamilne.com. You can get free book chapter downloads of each book there as well as do the four free love tests. And there's an ebook there on this diving deeper into childhood trauma. And if you want more information, that will give you plenty of great information. You can reach out to meet with me to dive deep into your personal situation right there on my website. Excellent. And Rihanna, one last question before I let you go. And I ask every guest this, um, at the end of the day, when your work is done, you know, many years in the future, what do you want your legacy to be? What, what mark do you want to leave on this earth? Well, I am a very spiritual person and I do believe that we're all God's angels and we're here for a reason to find our purpose. And my purpose is, you know, I'm helping to change the way the world loves and to make people more uh, empathetic to people's past through education and understanding um, and good communication skills. That's what I have to do for my couples. So they have to understand each other's past 
empathize with it, be each other's best friend, and learn a whole new communication skill to help them have that love that they really deserve. So that's my legacy to help change the way the world loves. Oh, and that's a great legacy. Rihanna, welcome to the American Real family. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And we'll, we'll be staying in touch. Thank you, Roger. Thanks for tuning in to American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. And speaking of podcasting, our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me at Podcast Your Passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting, where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.